what if there were a fountain of youth pill that could add decades to your life? Would you take it? Unlocking the Fountain is a podcast about the mysteries of aging and the scientific quest to slow, stop, or even reverse it. When do you think we're going to have the first 150-year-old? I think that person's already alive. Unlocking the Fountain. Available now on CBC Listen or wherever you get your podcasts. This is a CBC Podcast. I'm Tom Power. You're listening to Q. Take a listen to this jam. What a song. I love that song. That's a What Doesn't Kill You Makes You Paranoid by The Beaches from Toronto. That's off their latest album, Blame My Ex, which was just nominated for Rock Album of the Year at this year's Juno Awards. Beaches, also a favorite for Group of the Year. Uh, Blame My Ex. You might, you might guess what that album title was inspired by. So uh, Jordan Miller, the lead singer of The Beaches, went through um, a breakup, and we'll say a very public breakup, and a breakup that really affected her. But you know that saying, uh, when it rains, it pours? Around that time, the beaches get dropped by the major label they were signed to. Their management team told them that if their next record wasn't a hit, they really didn't see the band going anywhere. So break up, drop by our label, management says, we're not sure about you. All pretty devastating things to go through. But instead of getting bogged down by rejection and fear, the beaches got to work, and it resulted in their best-selling album to date, a viral TikTok moment, uh, something that introduced them to a whole new audience, and it, it kind of worked out. Jordan Miller and Kylie Miller are sisters uh, from the beaches. They joined me in the studio to talk about it all. The last time you guys were here, it was with a major label Mm -hmm. and with a different management. That is true, yeah. And that was great for a little while, but then obviously COVID happened and the structure of the major label system shifted even more, where our band just really didn't fit. There wasn't a place for us, so we ended up being dropped. And then at that same time, we also decided to fire our management team, and we also lost our U.S. agent. So pretty much like we got to – we completely had to start – from scratch and start new. Um, But that also lended us like an opportunity to really evaluate what it is we wanted, what our team wanted to stand for, like what the next piece of work was going to be. Yeah, Um, I remember like um, I think it was someone on our agent's team, like it might have been our agent who said like this next record that you put out is kind of going to be what makes you or breaks you, like if it doesn't do well. Um, I I don't really see there being a lot of growth for you guys. So oh, whatever, what a thing to hear. Well, yeah, it was, it was important. It's important <laughs> to hear too, though. Like you have to trust the people that are on your team when they're telling you these sort of hard truths. And you know, when you get that sort of a statement, you you kind of are like, okay, well, if this is our make or break album, we might as well make something that we're really proud of that we would want to listen to. So you get a lot of creative freedom as a result of. That pressure. What well, uh, creative freedom wise, like, did did these changes in like your structure and like the because also there's like pressure. There's a line on the record that stuck out to me, and I might be reading too much into it, but there's a, a line on the record that's something like, um, "I'm all about girls. I hear so much about girls supporting girls, but I oh. woke up with a bunch of dudes <laughs> telling me what to do." Is that yeah, your line? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, is, yeah, and everything is boring. I was thinking about girls supporting other girls, then I woke up. 
that kind of about? I would say I think that like definitely was kind of like the reality that we were living in when we were in the major label system. A lot of the time, it's like sitting in a boardroom, and it's like they go through every single like part of the band. It's like what we're wearing, you know, all the music not being poppy enough. Like it's just it is yeah. it, it's like having someone control every single fragment of what it is we're doing, what we're saying, and all that. And you know, there can be really great experiences with labels and I know that yeah. they're, they're really helpful at the beginning especially for getting your name out there and having money to like back the project is very important sure. yeah. also candidly we, we wouldn't be here had we not gone through the, like, the label system as yeah. well so yeah. the, they you know they are a part of the success of this record too but it is nice to also then you you getting to be that person to make all those calls like when yeah. that shifts and it's you have the power that really is like nice to to have that change, I would say. Totally. What did you say to one another? What did you say to one another in terms of what you wanted this record to be? Well, create, like, sonically, we were kind of, we started writing the record before my breakup, breakup happened. So in the beginning, it was a lot of just go, us going into sessions with people we hadn't worked with before. We did a Nashville trip. Um, we worked with a bunch of other Canadian writers. So we yeah. were throwing a lot of stuff at the wall and seeing what stuck. And then um, we, we wrote a couple songs that ended up in the record from that period. And then my breakup happened, mm -hmm. which kind of like shifted things. And so I started writing about that a lot. And then that kind of drove the sonics a little bit more to because I was feeling quite happy sad about it so I wanted like the sound to be very happy sad which is and so we were listening to like a lot of new wave bands and The Cure mm -hmm. taking cues from that and the record kind of evolved like through those experiences I'm Tom Power you're listening to Q coming up more of my conversation with The Beaches Hi, I'm Willa Paskin, the host of Decoder Ring, Slate's podcast about cracking cultural mysteries. On Decoder Ring, we dive down rabbit holes and obsessively explore questions hiding in plain sight. Like, why has slow dancing gone out of style? And when did we all become obsessed with hydration? And where did the word mullet, you know, to describe a hairstyle, come from? That's Decoder Ring, named one of the best podcasts of 2023 by The New York Times. Listen to new episodes every two weeks and make sure to follow us so you never miss one. I'm Tom Power. You're listening to Q. Here's more of my conversation with the beaches. Can we can we listen to the big song? Yeah, sure. <laughs> Don't be in the I hear the new wave there. Yeah. yeah. I hear the cure. You can hear it. You, it's, it's it's all the, over the it's place. It's the guitar tones. Yeah. Like, it, it's just really kind of dialing those little things in. Yeah. It's a great song. So that's Thank that's uh, Blame Brad by the Beaches. The first time I heard that song, um, well, actually, the first time I heard that song, I was like, whoa. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> everyone in Canada was like, everyone in Canada was like, that's a spicy meatball. <laughs> <laughs> that's my words exactly. Yeah. Jordan? Let's do it. Yeah. What's, let's the, what's the song? What, what's, what's the song about? Okay. Well, the song 
actually, it's a misleading title because it's not really about Brett. Um, who? Who is Brett? Um, Brett from the Glorious Sons. Your ex-boyfriend ex is in a very, very successful Canadian band. Exactly. We did it. Keep going. Yes, yeah. we did it. We, we touched on it. Mm -hmm. um, and so I'd, I'd been on a couple dates with this other new guy I was seeing, and he told me he loved me. Like three dates in. Rough. And yeah, it was just, I was like, oh man, I'm not over my ex yet. And I'm starting to feel like a bad person. Like, should I be over him? So I came in with this sort of idea to write a song apologizing to all the future people that I was going to see. Being like, I'm sorry in advance. I'm probably going to like break your heart because my heart's been broken. LOL, don't blame me though. Blame my ex-boyfriend. <laughs> so it's sort of like... The song's like a nice long setup for a joke. Did you? And I did ask him. You yeah. did? Yeah. <laughs> he, he, Is that um, a text or a phone? Can I? I. I so I did give him a phone call. I was like, hey, I'm in the studio. Um, we had this really funny idea. I told him like the concept of the song and I said, the tag we were thinking could be don't blame me, blame Brett. And he, he sort of was like, oh, if there's going to be a lot of 19-year-old girls that are going to hate me. <laughs> 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 um, yeah, they, 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 the, yeah, so I, he was he was prepared for it. He gave me his consent and his blessing. Um He's like, you couldn't find another name, eh? I'm like, the Blame Brad just like has really good alliteration. I don't know what to what? say. Blame Brad? Blame like, Brad. No. Nah. Blame Seth. Blame Seth. Yeah, it doesn't work. It, it had to be. It had to be Blame Brad. Blame Stuart? Yeah. It doesn't even work. <laughs> no. Yeah. Blame um, Tom? No. <laughs> listen, works perfectly. You know, yeah. and listen, everyone's already mad at me enough. So um, uh, what I love that you said there, because the first time I heard it, that's weird to talk about. Um, yeah, 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 yeah. This is the first time I heard it. I did think that's a spicy meatball. Yeah. Well, I thought like, oh, this is like, this is a song. It reminded me of the song from that movie Road Trip. Do you remember? Oh, Scotty doesn't know. Scotty doesn't that's know. That's what everyone's been saying. And, totally. But that's what I thought yeah. at first. I was like, oh, oh, geez. I thought to myself like, oh, is this sort of like um, salacious or something like that? And then when I listened to it, Jordan, hey, you're just a great songwriter. Thank you. But when I listened to it. You pulled off something so nuanced and so hard in this song, which is that you think the song's about blaming somebody. It's not. And it's I'm about the, how sad you are. Yeah, that's what it is. It's, I'm the villain in the song. When people are always like, oh, F. Brett, I'm like, no, you guys are missing the idea of the song. It's about the whole record even. You know, there's a lot of great breakup records out there, especially the contemporary ones where people will dive into the relationship and what went wrong there. I'm kind of private and I didn't want to do that, but I did want to talk about what I was feeling. So the record, it is a breakup album, but it's about what happens to you after a breakup yeah. and all the mixed feelings and like the self-rediscovery and you know, the self-loathing, all of the mixed bag of emotions that you go through. Um, but yeah. thank you for noticing that. Yeah. You, you, <laughs> you made a really, like, beautiful, introspective, yeah. vulnerable, if you don't mind me saying yeah, so, it was, song. Is the whole record, it was, it's always been really tricky for me to be vulnerable and open. If you listen to my previous songs, I'll talk about, like, 
unfortunate experiences, yeah. but I'll, it'll be dripping in irony and they'll be really funny. So yeah. you really don't feel it. But with this, like, you have to, there has to be some genuine sadness that is in it because it was a really sad and devastating time for me. Um, but yeah, with Blaine Brett, there still is a little bit of humor in it with the chorus, but it is really about, like, me just not being over him. Kylie, how was it for you? Like, how was it for you when your sister's going through something really hard like that? Uh, it was, you know, it was tough to see, but it was also, I think, really inspiring to all of us that Jordan was able to channel such a hard period into something so positive. Like, to come into the studio every day and write about what you're going through is not an easy feat. It's basically like going to therapy with your best friends every single day. Yeah, and, and, your, kind fa- of, and your family member. And your, yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. Um, so it was hard, but I think, like, it brought us closer together for sure. And it also helped us kind of bond a little bit more. I think when you're in a relationship with another musician and it, you're traveling a lot and you're long distance, it's hard to kind of keep friendships, like, close. And yeah, when you sure. you guys broke up, I think that the band, we all became so much closer. Yeah. And Jordan and my relationship really improved and with Eliza and Leandra as well. And no, totally. I think the record really bonded us together. And then right afterwards... Leandra and I also got dumped. It's like Jordan cursed <laughs> I us. Cursed, I cursed the world, apparently, because it seems like everyone's breaking up. <laughs> they wanted to get a song named after him. Uh, yeah, no. totally. <laughs> but <laughs> it just helped us. The whole record actually helped us kind of through our own breakups Break yeah. as well. Well, there's one song on the record, Edge of the Earth, that's not about me. It's about Alex and Leandra. Sorry, Leandra's our keyboardist. About their relationship, and it's sort of about that relationship coming apart as well it's, but uh, it sounds like it's it's four of you guys yeah. yeah in a room processing the same thing at the same time yeah. and like being able to not to be too sappy here but like being able to lean on one another totally no i honestly don't know how i would have gotten through that experience without the girls i, I i'd never been like that sad before because like it's true what they say about heartbreak that you feel it physically in in your heart. I hate being that cheesy and that. Come literal, on, you're at the CBC. This is yeah, the place to do it. Yeah, yeah, this is the place to do. But um, I just like remember like leaning on the girls when we when we shot the video for What Doesn't Kill You Makes You Paranoid. I had to kind of I wanted to like really give a good acting performance in that. So yeah, I like well I listened to like Gloria Sun songs before. I like <laughs> really tortured myself to like get my to like get back to the place where I was missing him so much and there's one scene where um, I break a mirror and then go immediately walk over to the girls and embrace them and I started to cry in the video because it felt Uh like I did it felt like it because I I got so much strength from my relationship with um, the other beaches yeah that's beautiful yeah (laughs) Um, Jordan is is there something is there some kind of feeling that gets conjured that the this devastating thing you went through, and like from what I can tell from talking to you, it was devastating. Yeah, is the thing that is propelling your band and giving you this new life. It must be an interesting feeling. It like, is so interesting knowing that the thing that you went through is the thing that's actually helping other people and helping your band find new people. And I think that's what has made me feel comforted. Like has comforted me is that it's helping people. I was really nervous to like play these songs live because I was like, oh man, am I going to be like traumatizing myself again and again, reliving these experiences. But now that the music's out there and people are sharing their own experiences with me, they no longer feel like my songs. Like I did, they, I did write them and they did come from a horrible experience, but like everybody experiences heartbreak. So everyone can take what they will from it. And um, yeah. And I love that I was able to do that. Beautiful, beautiful record. Thank you so much. 
my conversation with Jordan and Kylie Miller from the Canadian band The Beaches. Uh, their new album, Blame My Ex, is up for Rock Album of the Year at this year's Juno Awards. And uh, they're up for Group of the Year at this year's Juno Awards. Up for Album of the Year is Daniel Caesar from Oshawa, Ontario. Uh, just getting ready for this interview. I mean, we did, our, we did the first ever interview with Daniel Caesar. I think his first like ever radio interview or podcast interview. And I was looking at his streaming numbers before we were getting ready to replay this interview because he's up for Album of the Year. And two of his songs have over a billion streams. That's a lot. <laughs> cultural cultural critic, by the way. That's a lot. Anyway, you're going to hear my conversation with Daniel Caesar, who has had all the success and is trying to figure out, like, why isn't any of it making me happy? Go check that out. We'll see you soon. Later on. For more CBC Podcasts, go to cbc.ca slash podcasts.